so gobble Then I woke up the next day and got some gobble Keep waking up, keep getting different types of gobble I even got some gobble from a Scooby Doo Alright <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even tell me it was over. Well, yeah, you heard it. Yeah. You've just been listening to our soundtrack. The soundtrack to our our lives. Every moment. Every chance. Every breath you take. I don't even know what Gabagool is, really. Gabagool, for those who don't know, you know, back in the old country. <laughs> my nona. Uh, no, but Gabagool is just like a cured meat. Is it? Yeah. I always thought it was like gazpacho or something. Gazpacho? Gazpacho. Like soup? Like soup. I always thought it was soup. It's a uh, capicolo. That's just like the... Gabagool is like the... The slang term for it? Or like the informal. Mm. Get, get it up. Ah, get it. It's like a, mis- a mispronunciation. So, yeah. Very so interesting. Also, all right. Hello, think, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to Pilot Boys. My name is Caesar. And I'm Karen. Today is episode 100. Woo! <laughs> Today. <laughs> oh, you're too kind. You're so <laughs> Thank kind. You. Thank you so much. Today is our 100th episode. And we're filming it in fried. In fried. In fri- we're, we're being fried <laughs> in front of a live studio audience. Uh, and I wanted to do. I don't know one of my favorites but also one of the biggest which was a small a small show the sopranos i don't know if you no recognize one, that for yeah. the, the people who haven't seen the sopranos that's you know a joke version of the intro because mm, mm. what if people haven't seen it and they're like, <laughs> stupid like what's ad? the point of it but who hasn't seen it i mean point? i hadn't see- i had i would not have gotten the joke that's true i mean i had but like I had heard the theme song before. But you also knew that, like, Gabagool was, like, the joke yeah, yeah. surrounding it, right? So, yeah, I think, I mean, that's, that, this, The Sopranos is iconic. You know, like, it's one of those shows that really captured and, like, I don't know, like, created a long story out of the, you know, like, the mob, mafia genre. Mm. Which you I have am feelings not a about. fan of, okay. um, in general. But it's it's so, like... I guess it is gendered, right? Like, I, <laughs> just, yeah. Like the genre itself is so gendered and so like male forward that I was always like, yeah, there's hella violence. This is not for me. This was not meant for me. This was for like middle-aged men to feel like they're cool, and for young men to feel right. like they're cool. But yeah, there's hella violence. There's like a lot of misogyny, like, racism. There's all kinds of shit. Yeah. But it, I mean, I don't but know. I mean, yeah. The Sopranos was always different, though, because it's, like, trying to deconstruct the genre. Right. And I, I understood it like that, but also, I didn't really care, you know? Like, it was, it was just so, Also, like, there was so much hype behind it, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. And HBO, like, also, I couldn't afford to watch it on HBO when it was on. Oh, you were poor, my bad. I was always poor. <laughs> <laughs> so, as we've established... On our third recording. This is our fifth time recording at BT Dubs. That you you hadn't seen any, really. I had not seen any. But you had you have seen The Irishman. Mm-hmm. Which is Which you feel like is is like the bookend of this like genre. Yeah. Right? Like spiritually and I guess history will tell whether or not like actually you Like know? the heyday of this genre has come and gone. And the Irishman was kind of like also commenting 
on the fact that it's come and gone, right? Yeah, but also the fact that, like, this is the last time this will be able to happen because a lot of these folks are, you know, mm-hmm. Scorsese's old as hell. Like, De Niro, Pacino, they're all old as hell. Yeah. But, you know, The Sopranos also... I've only watched the first episode, and I can see where the hype comes in, I okay. guess. You know, like, I see... I get a taste for it. Yeah. Because it's just such a well-made show. Right. Like, the but first also, episode is such a good such a good episode. Yes. And it addresses a lot of, like, kind of the inner life of, like, a mob or mafia movie. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, it, right away you get more nuance. Not to say that those movies don't have a lot of nuance. Like, you had never seen, like, a full show about the genre in that way, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it was, like, it felt like it existed in a different space than the Mafia movies, at least for me. But at the same time, like, it was treading new territory because you really got to see more inner life than you ever could in, like, an hour and a half or two hours. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I I mean, I guess I'll, I'll talk about my experience with it. Yeah. I watched it, like, f- five, six years ago. I just, like, binged it all. And I was like, it was great. Like, I I had a great time. I could see why everybody loved it. Quickly becomes, like, you fall in love with the characters. Like, you feel part of the world, and it's, like, great actors. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, like, guest uh, actors that are great. But watching the first episode again, like, I I had such a good time. Like, I had forgotten about these guys. You know, it's like checking in with your friends. (laughs) Um, Like Like your pal. Getting some gabagoo, you know? (laughs) Your extended family. Right. And it was just fun to see, and like it was, you can see how much care they put into the first episode, mm-hmm. like a really strong introduction to this world that you're about to enter. All right, anything else you want to say about like what you thought about the show, like as a as it existed in culture or something? Yeah, like so I knew it was good because everybody hyped it up, but also like I just didn't want to watch it because it just seemed like the train like left i'm just mm-hmm. like it's already like it's old at this yeah. point like what's the point of watching it and you're like proud that you didn't watch it i, I mean i wasn't proud it's just like it's just not for me you know you know when something is like, not for you it's like the way you're proud that like you don't read like ernest hemingway because you know it's like a total guy what do you mean I, i've read ernest hemingway i mean yeah but like <laughs> but he's not one of my favorite authors. you get what i mean like it's yeah. it's so gendered in that way you're like I want nothing. That's the to type do. of person. Like I want nothing to do with this. Yeah. So Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. I love Breaking Bad, and I watched it while I was on, and I thought like it was amazing. To this day, I'm gonna say that it's like one of the best. It's the best show I've watched okay. in terms of like the way it's written and the pacing and everything. But going into it, I was like, this show isn't for me, you know, because also I'm not a big fan of like, it's more like gangster stuff, really, like more drug dealing. Yeah, like a big also predominantly male audience. yeah you know but at, but i had when i started watching it i think it only had like two seasons so i was like oh well i'll get in early yeah like I'll, I'll get in i'll get in here because i felt like i had missed the train so much on the sopranos i had, really? missed, the train, I had missed the train on the sopranos and i had missed the train on the wire okay you know and i was like oh like i gotta watch i gotta watch one of these shows yeah and i'm like might as well watch the one that's actually still on Okay. And that's how I feel about it. That's fair. I didn't know that. That That's kind of interesting. I mean, I, I, two shows that I, I love, uh, you know, stereotypically c- cliche. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I, I think, like, you know, moving on into, like, the show 
exist in culture or like everybody kind of knows it's, it's like that that show that's like one of the best shows you know what mm-hmm. i mean like it, it's like entered like a citizen kane status among tv I yeah would say. like like iconic right right from the be- like from the get-go almost. but i think once you start to watch it you start to see the brilliance like again like or i mean in my case again and you in your case for the first time and i think the way that that starts is with the device of the therapist mm-hmm. so tell me what you thought about that it's such a novel idea <laughs> and also just speaks so much of the time that it was made also the fact that like therapy was like kind of gaining ground and like i mean still like what 20 years after this the first episode came out like there's still a lot of stigma surrounding therapy and like yeah it was like it really was ahead of its time in that way mm -hmm. and like like dealing with toxic masculinity and like yeah like it's just it is such a novel idea and the fact that it was over 20 like this came out over 20 years ago is still like a testament to like how smart the writers were in thinking about this yeah and i also like last time i didn't say this but i think it introduced you know this idea that we're so used to like self-referential things you know what i mean like we're so used to things that comment on each on each other and because of this show existing in like the mafia or like mob genre i think the therapy allows like deconstruction you know, like it mm-hmm. allows you to kind of see the the inner workings of his characters instead of like focusing on action or like, you know, like it really does allow you to like peel back the layers. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, watching the show makes you feel like you understand the mafia genre without it. Like in your case, without really even watching. It, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I think it works on its own. Like it's kind of like a. Like a bonus if you're a fan, but I don't think you necessarily have to be, which is also kind of to the approachability of the show. I think it's also just such a good narrative device. Like here, Tony is like explaining to a therapist like his inner life, right. uh, walking her through like his life and like the networks and his family. And sure, I mean, even the way they framed it, were like, "Hey, I'm like." a mandated reporter so if you say that you like murdered anybody i kind of have to say it. yeah and it's intercut like they're just like yeah that's that's true like if they like were very quickly able to like establish that like they understand each other right without actually saying that they understand each other yeah and i think that that goes into like the fun part of the show where like you're seeing you know it's crimes but like you're seeing it's like fun to watch these people do crimes or like harass this other guy. (laughs) But I think that it also nails, like, I think one of the most important parts of the genre, which is like that slickness, like being cool. Like there's a rhythm and like a way, like a, a way that they speak that is very like fun to watch, you know, like Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody from New Jersey really, but like he, I, I feel like I'm there listening to like a real conversation <laughs> from like somebody from New Jersey. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it really does accomplish, like taking you to that place, mm-hmm. and like the textures and like the sounds. Like, it all feels like it to me. And I think that's just that's true of like the the mafia movies too. Like, you get a little bit of like ethnic culture, but you also get like 
American culture and like that mix. Like it's it's, mm-hmm. it's just like a mm-hmm. a cool little like I'm into I'm into this because like I, I just like you feel cool watching it. Yeah. Like the way that they the rhythm of their voices and like how they interact and like the snappiness it's it's fun. I mean, also with like mob movies or the genre in general, like it is a community you know like you get a sense of community because this is a family a family business right and i think the 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 first episode really establishes how important tony is to the family yeah and also like the things that he has to do like he has to deal with as like moving forward like how do you how does he as the head of the family like move move it forward and allow it to prosper you know yeah and that gets into, like, the whole reason why he's doing it, which is, like, he has, which I think is kind of, like, the great thing of TV shows, which you get to, like, you know, just focus on, like, the hyper-specific, like, super zoom in on, like, the details. The thing that does this is, like, the fact that Tony has, like, this 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 panic attack is because he has, like, I don't know, this deep connection with these ducks and them leaving caused him to have like a crisis mm-hmm. of i don't know like mm-hmm. mortality right it, it kind of seems like it definitely it's like a at least like a midlife crisis thing yeah. right yeah like in the in the episode also he has like a breakthrough like right. he has this panic attack and then close to the end where he realizes that like these ducks also signify like his family and yeah. his family leaving him and his his mortality the fact that like he's not he won't be around forever yeah and that use like it's kind of it like can be anything you know but like that's reminded of him it kind of reminds me of just like the the little details that like breaking bad use like the teddy bear in Mm -hmm. the pool where Mm -hmm. it was like just this little snapshot of like you don't even know what the fuck you're watching like it's it's kind of strange to to say that like the reason he had a reminder of his mortality was just ducks, you know? Mm-hmm. But it works. Yeah. And the next time, like, the next time he has a panic attack is when he's decided that, like, therapy isn't for him. Right. Right? Like, is when he's touring a nursing home for his his mother. Yeah. And then he has to come to the realization that, like, his mother's, you know, gonna die soon. I mean, yeah. it's not, like, explicitly stated. No, but, but like, it could be that or it could be just, like, the fact that his mom is you know like he sees himself getting old or something you know Mm -hmm. but yeah like all this is factors into the therapy aspect yeah to continue with the point of like being metatextual or like commenting or like even setting up you know expectations of audiences for the commentary on something you know like this was about generations this was about like a modern like we had seen what these stories of the mafia or like uh the mob looked like in these certain time periods but we had never seen them you know in like a modern context mm-hmm. so it was nice it was like it just felt like it was doing a lot and like made fans it was for new audiences mm. and old like the there was time. already like it didn't have to cover like the history of the mob or right. like give any background and like how it, it like how they got their business started or yeah. whatever. It was just like, Cause, uh, I think, we're in waste management and you should know what that means. Yeah. And also just like the, 
the use of the the therapist device just kind of has like this interrogation built into it. So like the world unravels for you in like a really nice way that like brings you into it. You know what I mean? Like Tony explaining what he's doing kind of like both comments on the genre, Mm -hmm. but it also like just brings you into the story. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, it works to, I think more, there was, I I imagine that there were a lot of people who were not into the genre as well and got into it because of this. Yeah. What did you think of the family or like the family aspect? I think they were really annoying, but I think that's like a testament of how good, like how strong the writing is for Mm -hmm. like the pilot because you can really like the relationships are super established. Mm -hmm. Like the mom had trouble with the daughter and like. Tony has problems with his mom and like there's a struggle for power because of his uncle and like the way that like the old way likes to do things like it both feels a little petty because it's like you know it's it's family shit but it also feels kind of real like it feels kind of textured because of that you know what I mean yeah like the daughter's response like to not being able to go to Aspen with her friend right is so like such a teenage move to yeah. do which is also very like indicative of the time for like you know kind of white families like the way they were kind of bratty about mm-hmm. like i don't think i think she's still respectful because she knows like it's not that bad it's not like those uh depictions of like fuck you mom kind of mm-hmm. shit but it there's a little bit of that yeah i like that the daughter like after they're fighting she wants to go like she's punished but she's the the mom is trying to extend like an olive branch to her and say like you know, let's go here, like our little tradition. And the daughter's like, Ugh, I hate that. Tradition. I hate that tradition. It's a lame tradition. And then, like afterwards, she's just like, "Please close the door <laughs> on your way out." Yeah. I mean, like she didn't say like she didn't shut the door in her face. She didn't like. She was just very like just matter hurt. of fact, like, leave now. Yeah. Thanks. But also like very biting, biting. You know, yeah. like she her she was like really wounded <laughs> by that. <laughs> oh, and then the kid. The, so what name? no fucking big ziti right <laughs> or whatever and also just like the way that they fought was kind of hilarious like tony and uh, his mom mm-hmm. yeah like i i think the dialogue felt like we were watching the way it was written really did feel like we were watching a You're family in, like a household yeah family interact with each other and like i mean even the way it ends like it just kind of ends mm-hmm. uh with them at a family gathering yeah and just it feels like really organic. Yeah, I like the Carmela Me- Meadow situation. I like Tony and his mom situation. Uh, I also just like the way that Tony talks to his friends. Like, they feel like they've been longtime friends, but like, they also kind of feel like a family. You know, like mm-hmm. also like uh, Christopher, who's uh, Tony's nephew. He's the one that like drives him around. He's like the. He's like the one that wants to be like a super gangster. Like he, mm-hmm. he really, you he's know, ready. Yeah, he's ready to like be that or whatever. He's ready to be in the business, right? Um, what did you think of James Gandolfini? I I thought he was great. Um, I've literally never seen him in anything besides that Julia Louise Dreyfus rom com. Right, do it again, but in French. <laughs> <laughs> I'm directing now. Like uh-huh. Julia Louis. Uh, enough said the one about like she's like a Cairo 
or she's a, a masseuse. Mm. Yeah. That's literally the only thing I've seen him in. And that was a really long time ago. And I don't remember the movie. That was a cute movie though. And then this, and I, I, I think he's great. I, he's got a presence. Yeah. It just always, he's so confident. Yeah. Um, like in the first scene, he's like naked. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's but just, like, like you know, he just he, is. He's got like this, he does not uh, care. this like magnetism to mm-hmm. him. You know, like he, in the last pod, we were saying that, uh, I think he's just kind of hot, you know, like he, <laughs> he has the way he carries himself, you know? Yeah. Like he has big, thick energy. Yeah. And it just, it's so believable that he's the head of the family. Yeah. And like, it, it's kind of like the magnetism of like why I feel a lot of, I think you mentioned it. It's like a lot of wish fulfillment with a lot of these movies, mm-hmm. like these genres. Yeah. Where like you see, you see a man be a man. Kind of. Yeah. And like, you know, like, you know, in the real world, you'll never do any of this shit because like there's laws and like there's there's consequences but i think that's something about james gandolfini in the first episode where like you see him chase this dude and like basically break his kneecaps kind of shit so he chases him onto like this it's like building kind of like grass area and like he's like driving his car and like the gas i mean in the grass area and like he hits him and he like beats the shit out of him in broad daylight where like everyone's seeing him like I'm not saying that I want to be that, but it's 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 fun to watch. Yeah. Just like, you know, like he he's he balances that act of like vulnerability, but like also that super tough guy. Like mm-hmm. he just fits it so well. That's the reason why I ask because I think he's got such a range in the show. Like yeah. he's he's doing a lot of different shit. Like he's not just being, you know, the tough guy, which a lot of the times that's what it is. Like it's just you're only the tough guy. There's a lot of like nuance right away, and I think. A big part of that is his performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think also it's interesting that um, he's just so confident. Yeah, like his character is so confident in himself and like who he is and like there's just even fearlessness about him. Even his approach to therapy, you know, like he's like obviously on the fence about it. He doesn't really believe in it, but like you know he obviously has a problem and he doesn't know how to deal with it. So maybe going to this person to talk about things is worth pursuing, Mm -hmm. but it never feels like, at least to me, maybe, maybe, maybe down the road in the, and as the series goes on, but at least in the first episode, it didn't feel like I'm less of a man for going to therapy. Well, I think that there is that. I think it's implicit. I think it's the fact that he doesn't talk about it with anybody because he doesn't want anybody knowing this about him. Mm -hmm. Cause like, you know, the way that, like, his goons or, like, his, his boys or his crew thinks about it, it's almost like they don't want to think about it. You know, like, they don't want to know that it's, like, Tony having these problems. All they want to know is that he's okay. Because, like, Christopher, like, somebody mentions, like, what if he's, like, what if this is bad? Mm-hmm. And he's just, like, why would you even say that? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's I think there's definitely kind of, like, a he won't talk about it. And it's also funny that he, you know, he turns the phrase... Where, like, he uses the same advice Dr. Malfi gives him on the guy, the restaurant dude. He tells him that same advice. is just, like, uh, it's good to oh, step yeah, away. Oh, yeah, like, it's like, good to step away from things yeah. and, like, take a break. Like, he's he's clever as fuck, too. Mm-hmm. And, that, and also, like, another scene that where, like, he shows, like, his kind of, like, the way he carries himself. When he meets Dr. Melfi at the, at the bar, at mm-hmm, the restaurant. At the restaurant. You like that scene a lot. Yeah. I mean, that, that also just goes to show, like more of his like masculinity at work that he's the guy you know he goes into the restaurant and he gets his table with his mistress and like 
is when he sees that the doctor is with her date and they like this guy like can't I mean it adds to that wish fulfillment aspect we were talking about yeah. right that like not every guy can be like Tony right not Which every, also, every man can be a man like Tony right and even Tony's talking about because he even he's talking about like the metatextual like you know he's like commenting like what happened to like the strong and silent type you know, mm-hmm. like, I think he's commenting on himself because I think he feels kind of insecure because he's like, I respect therapy, but like, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. You know, what's interesting also is that like, Dr. Melfi also sees him as a challenge because she knows that he's potentially dangerous. Um, and I don't know if they've established that yet, but I think you get a sense of it in the first episode that like, you know, like, she knows what's what's up. Melfi's interested in Tony the same way that yeah. Tony's interested in Melfi. They have a connection. Right. And the thing about, like, James Gandolfini also is that, like, it always feels like he's flirting with you. Yeah. Like, even if he's not flirting with you, it just feels like he is. Right. And it makes you feel kind of, like... Special. Yeah. I mean, he makes... he He's very able to, to make people feel, like, special and, like, he's interested in what they're saying. Right. And, like, like they're close to him. Yeah. I think that's really... That's really important I, to portray... Yeah, because a lot of it relies on like the head, the head, you know, like it relies on like the main guy. Yeah. I also think it's interesting that, uh, you know, the way that therapy is rationalized in the show is Carmela. Carmela's excited that like Tony's, you know, trying to improve himself and like trying to be better. And she's, you know, she also has like that that device or not. It's not a device, but like the she has keeps the, the pastor around, you know, like she's trying to get right spiritually. But I think that's her, you know, like. That's her defense mechanism to, like, dissociate from yeah. her involvement with Tony. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, but well, like, I'm not going to hell. You're going to hell because you're doing all the bad things. Exactly. But she still benefits from it. You mm-hmm. know, like, she still lives that lifestyle. Not to say that, like, it's not more complicated. Than that. I don't put the onus on her. But I also think that that's there's so much texture there. Like, you get to see her desires and her wants as a character. Like, mm-hmm. you get so much from the first episode. Is there anything else that you, you want to talk about the first episode? I can see the love. I can see why so many people gravitate so much to this show. I guess. Yeah. So gabagoo. So, yeah. Like, there's there's a lot to like. It definitely feels like when you procrastinate a task. Yeah. You feel better about it. Yeah. <laughs> Once you, like, have it under your belt. Now that I've, like, watched the entire show, I've just watched one episode. But now I can say I've watched one episode of The Sopranos. Yeah, but it, it does a lot of the times feel kind of like a a synecdoche. Like, you watch the first episode and you kind of know what the show's about. Like, it doesn't really matter, like, really where it goes in terms of, like, plot. Because you know it's going to be about crime and, like, interrogation of these characters. And, mm-hmm. like, that's what's important. Yeah. So, like, you watch the first episode and you're like, yeah, I get, I can feel where this is going. So, all right, The Sopranos ended, and it came, like, a lot of people were upset because mm-hmm, the ending. With the ending. You've seen the ending. Yeah. Even though you haven't seen the show. I've seen, yeah. I've seen, yeah. And a lot of people were upset because there's no closure. Mm-hmm. And I think that just based on, like, the show dealing with kind of, you know, subversion in some ways or, like, meta things in some ways or, like, it just felt like a real movie. Yeah, when I first watched it, I was a little upset because, like, I wanted that closure that comes, you know, from watching TV and, like, mm-hmm. being in love with, the, or, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I love you, Tony. No, like, <laughs> you know, loving these characters and, like, being involved in their lives and not getting that closure kind of sucks. But, you know, 
like now i can respect it as a choice i can respect it as like yeah life just goes on it's gonna continue to be the same thing you know like spoilers for the ending if you haven't seen it but nothing happens <laughs> you know <laughs> it like just ends. it just, just kind of ends. ends and like something could happen something couldn't happen you, you never know and like that was just kind of the ending mm-hmm. but it just kind of ends unceremoniously yeah yeah i think from a pers- an outsider's perspective, the ending was talked about so much on meet like in media and like people were so upset about it. And that's really all I remember hearing. But having never watched the show, I actually thought it was like a really like ballsy move. Like I really respected the move. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like it just makes sense to end it like that. Like <laughs> cuz that's just sometimes how it ends, you know? Like that's just how things end and it's okay to end things like that. I do think it's funny that because you're you, you watch the ending, which is kind of wild. It's more like it was like a big, like historical. Like you didn't want to not moment. be involved with that. Because <laughs> right? you're mean, like, fuck the show. I'm not going to watch it. I didn't participate it. in the discourse. I think it was like one of those things that we watched in class. Like we like mm. studied it as like an artifact on like how, how do we end shows? Why are you lying? You, you looked it up on Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it was also really it was parodied a lot yes it was like on SNL and like I don't know about that I think there was like an SNL skit right. for I mean, it yeah, it was yes definitely talked about a lot I'm, I'm just I'm just saying that like I just wanted it to be different I didn't watch it I just think I, I would I, I usually don't watch the ending kind of thing you don't watch but the ending but you do do that a lot you do 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 be doing that I do be doing that you do watch like the last just, episode yeah, I do. a lot which is why I'm like I, I don't know if I can ever do that type thing yeah like, even though you, you weren't a part of it, you were like, I got to know something. I got to know how it ends. Or, like, know. I start a show, kind of leave it off, and then, like, oh, I hear that it's ending, and then I got to I gotta watch the end. So, what do you say when you're like in that situation? Supernatural. You're like, I got to know, baby. I got to know. Got my uh, goo. But it just makes sense. Like, it just, especially being in that world, like, the, the ending scene is, like, this really heightened, like, the way that it's edited, the music in the background, like, because it... Like, it, it, it cuts back and forth from the door to, to the diner, right? right? Like, to them sitting in the diner. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know you know something's going to happen. And then it just ends. And But you don't know that something's going to happen. It's the whole point. Or it just feels... It, they filmed it in a way that it feels like something's going to happen. Yeah, but I guess that's where, like, it gets into, like, the interpretation. Because, like, all it could be is nothing. And we can just mm-hmm. be seeing as, like tony being always on it yeah that's just how tony feels or that's just how that's just how life is in the mob you know baby heavy is the head that wears a crown yeah so what would you one to five gabagoos what would you rate this the episode itself the the episode itself like 4.5 4.8 yeah yeah you sure you don't want to change it to five i don't believe in perfect scores Yeah, I, I would rate this five gabagools out of five gabagools. Perfect. Do you think, think it's, it's the most perfect, perfect pilot you've ever seen? Uh, I think so. Cause the I think perfectest? It, it's the most perfecto one I've seen because it really captures kind of like the shift in TV. And like, I mean, it, it is like auteur TV, not that there wasn't already. But it was the one that I've seen that like feels the most seminal about the genre now Mm -hmm. you know like it's the longest it's like it gives you the most time with in this world that anything has like even irishman which was like super long isn't even this long Mm -hmm. 
so yeah, I always respect it for that, and it's a really good, solid first episode. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. one of the best, and like, really is really does usher in a new era. You know? Yeah. Just the world shifted so much. Yeah. What it came out in '99, mm-hmm. and like in the theme, you see like therapy, fucking the theme generational interrogation yeah and just how the country was at the time like yeah it was obviously undergoing like a shift like yeah. as americans the wire and this one are very indicative of the times it's like where like tony himself says like doesn't it feel like the good times have gone yeah like at the highest of the highs like which is kind of the malaise of the 90s mm-hmm. you know like kind of the like aimlessness of the 90s like grunge yeah like kind of grungy kind of like depressed kind of feel you know like mm-hmm. there's a darkness to it and even i think he feels it for sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's like not even in like i think it's that idea that like you can still be unhappy and like most americans are unhappy with their work like this can fit anything i mean everybody's work is <laughs> different but it's definitely <laughs> just like the increase of like unhappiness mm-hmm. you know like the fucking 50s There's the idea that like maybe the united like it, it, i think it like the carryover to that is like maybe the united states isn't the greatest country in, in the world mm-hmm. you know yeah but i think that shortly hereafter this first episode that pride comes back because of 9-11 mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like it, it was there was a period there when there was like very patriotic a lot of, yeah like there's the patriot act yeah i don't know if you've heard of it Oh, yeah, I already told you about my parents and stickers. My parents yeah. bought stickers to sell. Opportunism, you know? Yeah. Rise and opportunism. Uh, but thank you for listening. This has been 100 episodes. Yeah, so it's, 100 it's, episodes. It's Woo! been quite a bit. Thank and you, audience members. Woo! Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> Too kind. Yeah, and this was this has always been like an outlet like to talk about the shit that we watch. And it's always fun to... Come back and just kind of, like, dissect the stuff that we're into and, like, talk about it in an interesting way. And, like, more than just, like, I don't know. I I, We we like to go into, like, the cultural stuff, too, which is one of our favorite things to do. Mm -hmm. And as a bonus for this episode, we're doing a Pilot Boys review of Pilot Boys, the first episode. Which I was not in. Which was hard for me to listen to. <laughs> what do you mean you are in it? Oh, well, I was not in the first episode. Oh, <laughs> you just have to let the people know. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, so that'll come up. All right. Thanks for listening to this part. I guess. <laughs> Peace. Bye. I love. I I like you. Bye. I like you. Woke up this morning, got some gabagoo. Then I woke up the next day and got some. I got a go. Keep waking up, keep getting different types of gabagoo. I even got some gabagoo from a Scooby Doo. Gabagoo.